The Office of Civil Rights has announced round two of its HIPAA compliance audits. What should healthcare entities expect? Hi, I'm Tom Field, Vice President of Editorial with Information Security Media Group. I'm discussing round two of the audits today with David Holtzman, Vice President, Compliance Strategies at Synergistic, Inc., and Jeff Bibby, VP of Marketing with Zix Corp. David, Jeff, thanks so much for joining me today. Thanks, Tom. Glad to be here. Yeah, thanks, Tom. So, David, let me send this first question to you. As I said up front, the OCR has announced round two of the HIPAA compliance audits. What do you believe healthcare entities ought to expect this time around? Tom, I think healthcare entities should expect that they could be selected for an audit by the Office of Civil Rights. They are currently uh, distributing surveys to qualify amongst the millions of covered entities who uh, are required to comply with the HIPAA privacy, security, and breach notification rules. And uh, organizations that receive these surveys are being asked to provide certain information about the the types of services they provide, uh, what size they are, what their use and reliance on health IT. And from those, uh, several hundred organizations are going to be selected for uh, first desk audits. These focused desk audits are going to ask about specific areas within the HIPAA security rule, the HIPAA privacy rule, and the breach notification rule. The uh, Office for Civil Rights has been pretty transparent on what questions it will be asking for. It will be sort of like an open book examination from school. You know what the questions are going to be before they're even asked. So the issues that are going to be covered in the desk audits will be asking organizations to provide copies of their policies regarding their information security risk assessments and the risk management plans that they have in place to uh, to address the issues uh, found in a risk assessment. For the privacy rule, organizations are going to be asked about their policies for developing and implementing their notice of privacy practices, as well as their policies and procedures for assuring individuals have access to their protected health information on request and how they provide those that documentation or those those records electronically. And then lastly, for breach notification, covered entities are going to be asked for their processes for how they notify individuals, the government, and the media if necessary when there has been a breach. In addition, covered entities that are selected for these desk audits that will be occurring throughout the remainder of 2016, these organizations are going to be required to provide a list of their business associates and not just a list of names and addresses, they're going to be asked uh, for about 22 to 24 discrete pieces of information about their uh, business associates, including their names, the contacts they have at those BAs, uh, their telephone numbers, and their email addresses, and, uh, and website addresses. It's rather extensive, and I urge folks to prepare themselves not just for the questions that they'll be asked uh, during the desk audit program, but also how they're going to be prepared to provide this information about their business associates uh, to OCR. 
in addition to the desk audits, there will be a small number of comprehensive on-site audits conducted either late in 2016 or early in 2017. We don't have a lot of information about those on-site comprehensive desk audits, but but we've been warned that they are coming. Dave, a quick follow-up question about the business associates. As compared to what we've seen in the past, how much emphasis is likely to be placed on the activity of these business associates? OCR has been pretty straightforward that in this round of audit program of the phase two audit, they intend to uh, perform a series of desk audits on some number of business associates. That universe of business associates will be created through the information that is uh, provided by the covered entities who are audited. In other words, OCR will develop a list of business associates from the list that it uh, is provided by the covered entities who are audited uh, on their own. And from this universe, OCR will then qualify some group of business associates who will be audited, and they will be responsible for providing information about their information security practices like their uh, risk analysis for uh, information security and their risk management plans as well as policies that they have in place to notify the covered entities when there has been a breach incident. Well, Dave, I've got a question for you, and Jeff, I'd love to bring you into the conversation as well. And the question is, what is the role of email security in helping covered entities and their associates to be compliant and secure? Well, the HIPAA security rule requires organizations to have policies and procedures that are intended to respond to the uh, threats and vulnerabilities uh, that are present in their environment. So to put it in plain English, if you are a covered entity or a business associate and you are emailing information to uh, others and that email contains PHI, you have to have appropriate measures in place to ensure, number one, that it is going to the intended recipient, and number two, that the PHI that is part of that email transmission is protected both in transit and in storage. And really, the only effective means to secure email in transit and storage is through encryption. And Zix is one of those fine products that accomplishes that. Jeff, maybe you can explain in more detail how Zix secures email. Thanks, David. Yeah, and as as David just framed that perfectly, you know, obviously email does remain as it relates to at least business communications, you know, the number one tool that we use to be able to share all information sensitive otherwise. And so adding email encryption is really rather simple. What you can do is quite simply just have a, a policy gateway at the perimeter of your network that will scan messages as they leave an enterprise, look for sensitive information, and as soon as it detects that there is, you know, PHI within the message, then it'll immediately trigger encryption. That's what we recommend, and that's really what we think of as the most seamless way to be able to do it. Well, Jeff, I'm glad to have you in the conversation. I wanted to take a step back here and ask you, what do you find as be some of the email security best practice essentials that would apply to these entities? 
Well, first and foremost, it's important to just maintain discipline with, with respect to knowledge transfer and uh, continuing to, to educate and train your staff on, you know, what types of sensitive information just need to just not be an email. And then second, you know, you can begin to look at what email traffic is leaving or entering your organization, decide if the email exchanges, you know, should actually be happening at all. So you may find in some cases, and we find this quite a bit, that there are totally appropriate times when someone's going to send PHI in a message. However, there are other, you know, maybe you have a department that shouldn't be doing that at all. And in that case, you can actually put in a, an email quarantine or a, an email DLP solution that can have a policy in place that rather than even talking about sending it out encrypted, it doesn't get sent at all. Um, so once you've got those people taken care of, then you can move to the next step, which is obviously you don't want to interrupt workflow. Um, and so uh, that's why we recommend a, an approach that um, alleviates the need for user action. There are cases where you'll find that an organization will actually act on a keyword, so the user has to know when to enter the keyword to trigger encryption in the message. And we we don't find that that's uh, terribly scalable. There's certainly more than enough opportunities for someone to just forget, get moving too fast with their workflow. All they're trying to do is get their job done, uh, and you may find yourself sending something that you wish you didn't. And so that's why we feel the ultimate in ease of use is simply to have a policy-based email encryption gateway at the edge of your network. Jeff, how has Zixcorp helped some of its healthcare clients to improve their email security? Uh, well, as I just mentioned, um, that uh, email gateway that I just described, we've done this now for thousands of customers, quite literally. We send approximately uh, well, a little over a million encrypted email messages a day. And many, many, many of our customers are healthcare clients that have faced these same issues in the past. And so what we really go out of our way to do is to try and make sure that um, this is all done really rather simply. Uh, the Zix footprint in healthcare benefits healthcare companies in the following way. If I'm sending from my organization and David happens to be behind a Zix gateway in his organization, so we're both sitting behind Zix gateways, and I send something sensitive out from, from our office to his what we do is we scan the message, encrypt it on the way out of our enterprise, and then decrypt it at the Zix gateway at, at David's enterprise and just deliver it to him seamlessly, just like a regular email. We call that transparent email encryption, and 70% of the time, that's the way that Zix sends messages, so it really is quite clean and easy to use. And so it's something that we're well accustomed to, to doing, and anybody that is wanting to quickly, you know, check a checkbox off of all of their list of things to do that they have to get ready for for these audits. Um, email encryption is a pretty easy one to knock out. Well, David, Jeff, I've got a final question for you, and it's a key one. What advice do you offer to healthcare entities to help them to be both secure and frictionless when it comes to dealing with their customers? You know, I think there are several areas of both common sense security and and the more technical security uh, that you can apply. Uh, as Jeff mentioned, it's really important to do that first pass, to analyze whether it's necessary to send protected health information over an email connection. If it is necessary, then it is the least amount uh, necessary in order to uh, 
complete the task or, or have that communication with the recipient. And also, it's very important to double-check to make sure uh, that we've entered the recipient's email address correctly and that we have the correct uh, email recipient. I know with uh, in, in my work with autocorrect on, um, on many of the systems that I use, it is it, it pays m- uh, tremendous dividends to double check to make sure that that I or the information system uh, that I'm using has has put the correct email or spelled the name correctly prior to hitting the send button. It's very easy to correct things before you send things. Not so easy to correct things after you send things. And then you have the more uh, technical approach to to ensuring that the data that you're sending is secure both in transit and in storage. Jeff, could you follow up on that? Absolutely. Great points. And really, this question is, ends up being a nice summary for everything we've discussed so far which is in terms of, you know, advice to offer healthcare entities to, to have them be more secure and then a way to make them frictionless. Obviously, email encryption is a is a nice, clean method of being able to have your email be secure. For all of the reasons we've talked about before, it is uh, it satisfies the requirement to render information uh, indecipherable or unreadable. And uh, in terms of making it frictionless, as we described, anytime you have any solutions out there that put something in front of the user that breaks them out of their usual workflow, that can immediately lead to, you know, people being people who just look for a workaround in those situations. It doesn't have to be the case. We have thousands and thousands of customers that understand that today in, in the U.S. healthcare market. And um, and so one of the, we feel, most powerful ways to make it frictionless is what I described earlier, which is this means of being able to exchange sensitive information uh, in email through something we describe as transparent email encryption. So that to us represents the ultimate, and um, so that would be our recommendation. Well, Jeff, David, very good. I appreciate your time and your insight today. Thank you so much. Thank you, Tom. Thanks, Tom. The topic has been preparing for round two of HIPAA compliance audits. I've been speaking with David Holtzman. VP of Compliance Strategies at Synergistec, and Jeff Bibby, VP of Marketing with Zixcorp. For Information Security Media Group, I'm Tom Field. Thank you very much. <laughs>